You're listening to Blank Canvas Talk. I'm your host, Heather T. Thanks for listening in. So the following episode is going to be addressing some of the issues um, that are happening in the news right now. And just from the approach of trying to understand some of the different things that we're seeing in social media and on the news being spread. And I would love to hear your thoughts and your opinions. And maybe you can also come on and give your point of view um, blank canvas style. This is blank canvas talk and even though I have all of the the really cool equipment the reason why I'm not as advanced today is because I just want to hurry up and jump on and make our voices um, heard and put it out there because we're kind of living in not kind of we're in a time where we need to say something we need to do something and in our generation I feel like there's more than not a lot of people who just don't know how to direct um, that energy on how to get their message out and be heard. And so enters Blank Canvas Talk. And what this is is a platform where we approach topics from, even though we have so many different backgrounds, we're able to table them and approach um, the conversation with a blank canvas, not with some, not with a painting that we've already pictured in our heads and we've already laid out what we believe the picture to be, but painting as we converse and we talk about it to see the bigger picture. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. So what to you, what do you believe, um, what does blank canvas mean to you? Okay, I'll go. <laughs> um, so, without getting super nitty gritty right up front, um, blank canvas to me is just um, an opportunity to have everyone speak their mind and say their points of views respectfully, hopefully. Um, but knowing that it's a everything going on right now is a very sensitive subject. It's very difficult to talk about, but the only way things will get better is to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> what about you, Doc? Uh, I agree. I think that's a really good point. Um, I also look at it like. Um, coming into the conversation, we'll kind of try to erase a lot of preconceived notions and ideas that we have and enter the discussion, literally like a blank canvas, being open to whatever um, we are talking about and literally being willing to hear and see, you know, how a person is viewing whatever the situation or the topic is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I wanted to uh, restate that question to you because that's a part of communication is I say something and, hey, what did you hear? What did you hear me say? And before we move on, kind of getting an appreciation for how we all heard what we just spoke about. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's something key that we're going to go forward with uh, into the next topic, and that is what is happening today. So yesterday, we, um, 
experienced this, this movement. It was called uh, Blackout Tuesday. And it, a lot of people felt like it was synonymous with the uh, Black Lives Matter movement. But there were actually two separate movements. And as, you know, a lot of people were changing, well, some people changed their screens to black on social media, um, other people did, and other people chose to take the day to post um, certain things that they, they were feeling about it, retweets, memes, and things like that. Um, I'll go ahead and just start how I felt about it, because that's what I want to I talk about. How did you feel about it, about some of the things that you experienced, and how are you feeling about some of the things that we're experiencing right now um, concerning what we're seeing in the news? So the first thing is just starting from with yesterday was I am really disappointed in the not so much of you not saying something, but some of the people who do say certain things, and I feel like you're not being considerate of your friend group, quite honestly. And as mm-hmm. a as a black woman, because I know I'm on my podcast, so people don't really understand my demographic of who I am, but um, as, a, as a multiracial woman of color, um, and I just simply say, hey, I'm black, I feel like when my friend who is um, not black and they post something about the black movement, I always ask myself, do you realize I'm black and I'm your friend on your, li- on your friend list? And you know I can see that, right? And I think, like, yeah. you're not being considerate yeah. of even me. And then why not just say nothing at all? Because I would rather you had said nothing than for you to say that. And I'm like, I'm worried that you actually thought about that before you posted it. So for me, I'm torn because I feel like, okay, we need to be active. But I, I'm like, I'm kind of getting benefit of the doubt. I'm thinking, like, maybe we just don't know how. So we just retweet, retweet, repost, reshare, not even thinking about how that is also affecting the movement. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I know I spoke to Paula um, about this, and that's kind of how this started. It's the frustration of how people feel like they should get involved. And I'll, I'll just say that part and see what do you guys feel about that. So I think um, there's several things here. I, first of all, think that the media is making, is playing us and and showing us some things, but not all things, half of the story, not the whole story. And it's it's making people very upset. So they see something and don't know the whole story and they spin everything how they want to see it. And I think a lot of this has to do with the media. So if they were to provide an unbiased video or story or interview or whatever from someone's perspective showing these incidents from start to finish things might be different you know like I I saw that they were posting old pictures from I don't know years ago a different riot and they're posting them now with the showing like this is what's happening right now and that's case and I don't, I don't agree with that. So I, I think the media is responsible for a lot of the outrage right now when they should be covering everything fairly, showing everything going on. But 
what you just talked about, um, people we know saying things and not saying things. I'm really trying my best to give people the benefit of the doubt and maybe they're just reposting things thinking it means something, but it doesn't come off that way. And I'm trying my best to have respectful conversations with people and ask them, like, what exactly did you mean by this? Can you explain, even explain your silence? And I've had several conversations where people have explained it and and it put me at ease. Okay. I don't know if that necessarily justifies their silence, but everyone is feeling things their own way. And it might not be my place to say you have to do this and you have to do that. It's sure it would make me happy, but I'm not them. I I can't make them feel the way I feel. And maybe they're feeling things a different way. So I'm trying to be respectful of that. Um, But also... I had um, another conversation with a friend of mine and I, I wasn't sure what I was going to hear back, but I kind of was like nervous to ask the question, not because she's ever done anything or said anything that made me think she's racist, but maybe just a lack of those conversations around her. Yeah. And um, she, when I asked, I asked a very vague question. How do you feel about this? And I purposely did that so that I didn't, you know, make her feel attacked or anything. And she didn't say anything for almost 24 hours. So I sent her a message back. I still hadn't heard from her. And I sent her a message back and said, you know, it, maybe you don't know how this affects me because it affects me personally. And maybe if you knew that you would see it a different way you know you see it affecting all these strangers on television but maybe if you knew that it affected someone you personally know that might change your opinion and I told her all sorts of experiences that I've had and she um, responded that she had no idea that I had gone through any of those experiences and it did change her opinion not that she didn't have one in the beginning but it opened her eyes to more and I think that's what we need to do now is open people's eyes to everything that's going on absolutely absolutely and and before I speak on that Jack did you have anything um as far as blackout Tuesday and all those uh well just that in particular um in the posting and wondering um you know like you said are you aware that a um your friend, or um, I can see what you post. I think, um, like Paula said, it's a matter of people maybe not knowing what to say or mm-hmm. being so comfortable in, in how they feel because it's social media. So that literally is an expression of your thought process in regards to whatever you post. And so when she said, well, you know, she didn't get a response back from this person for 24 hours. Um, and then in finally talking to her, you know, and letting her know her personal experiences, you know, that elicited a, a response. But prior to that, there was nothing. So you got, we have to consider that, you know, people that are posting that may um, 
put things out there that are not um, sensitive or empathetic to black people's situation or struggle or what have you, possibly it's coming from a thought process that does not uh, deal with that. Like it's not a thing for them to ever have to confront. And so it's literally these people just saying, oh, I think this without, you know, any consideration for, you know, the peripheral of, well, my thought process may impact so-and-so and so forth. Right. So. so I feel like this is kind of, Zach, Zach and I had this conversation literally last night, and it's just so interesting, Paula, that you kind of share the same sentiment um, as far as in, well, let me explain to you why this really affects me, and maybe if you knew why this affected me, then you would be feeling, you would feel more comfortable on sharing your opinion. Like, you're you're in a safe place. Like, I'm not here to attack you. Like, right. just mm-hmm. talk. and. Mm-hmm to provide context um, to our conversation last night was I had a con- I also had a conversation with a girlfriend and, you know, the conversation came up is, okay. I, and I'm going to, cause it's going to get, it, it might sound a little confusing with this analogy that was used. And, and when she used the analogy, she knew that it was not similar, but she was trying to paint her picture and, and just to kind of give, to recreate this conversation, I'm going to use this scenario. Um, and I understand that this scenario may enrage some listeners. Um, and I, trust me, I get it. So the scenario was, she said, well, Heather, it's like if we're all sitting at a table, and by all I mean it's one black person and it's a whole bunch of white people, and we're all sitting at a table for dinner and a whole bunch of servers come out with food and they serve the white people and they don't serve the black person. And then the black person gets mad at all the white people because they weren't served. And she said, I don't know if me giving you my food is going to solve the problem because how does that look in this situation? I can't give you my color. And she said that, and um, I know some people may be enraged by, by first hearing this scenario, but what I heard was someone who, okay, you don't understand one what what I'm asking for. You don't understand the issue. And mm-hmm. you're trying to understand how you can help. And so I said, you know, here's here's my thing is one, right, giving me your food, right, then you don't have any food and I'm not asking you for your food. The issue, so she says the issues with the server. Yeah, the issues with the server. But when I go and talk to the server and I say, hey, you need to give me food, what I don't want is for you white people at the, at the table to interfere with me saying to the server, hey, give me food. And y'all say, oh, well, it's not that serious, you know, or, right. you know, you're, you're just overreacting um, or just wait a little bit longer. You know, you're, you know, certain things like that. Don't interfere or, or and, not or, and be my backup. Yeah. And support Mm -hmm. me saying, hey, I want my food. That is how you help me. And so when I'm saying these things to her, it's like, oh, well, then, well, then how does, how does that relate into this situation? And it made, it brought up a really good uh, conversation between me and Zach last night because 
the the thing is people want to hold people accountable. Right now we're looking at it as a as a huge issue. The issue isn't with um the, your white neighbors, unless they're the ones that forgot lynching people in their backyard. The issue is with the system. And let's unpack that. The system are your politicians, your your governors, your senators, your your delegates, your mayors, your your city clerk. But that the people who are running your your government in your area are the problem. When we talk about um, police departments, who is the commissioner? Who is um, the the leaders that are training? Like there's this, there are names to these people, and when you talked about Paula, you know the media. What makes me mad is don't just don't just paint like you said this one picture. Give me the names and the yeah. faces of the leaders who are over these people who are letting these things happen, and that's the part of the story that I feel hasn't been shared. And I feel like if we were able to sit down and communicate that. Um, that's the first part. And then you said, you know, I like how you said to your friend, like, this affects me and this is why. When I was talking to my, my girlfriend and I explained to her, like, this is why this is important to me and this is how you can help. Then we start getting into constructive conversation and it's like, okay, well, how do I then get involved? Because I do want to support you. I don't want to interfere. And bringing it back to the Black Tuesday and Black Lives Matter is while I'm trying to confront the system, please don't be that distraction and that voice off on the sideline trying to hinder me because that's what you're doing. That's what those tweets and those memes and those um, reposts are doing. Mm -hmm. You're clouding the conversation. And it's and it's inciting more chaos and confusion, and it's unnecessary. Okay. I think one thing that's um, being missed in um, the idea of, you know, there are commissioners and there are governors and mayors and you know there are politicians and police chiefs and all these um, joints that kind of make this machine work, the system. Right. Um, we have to consider the the reality that these people are people and these concepts of um, race and separation and all that kind of stuff, hatred even, um, it's taught. So I just want to throw that in the race that there comes a um, a level of consideration when you look at these these people in these positions first of all you know how did they get in these positions well it's supposed to be you know you get voted in some of them and you know others you qualify for the job but even that goes back to a system where some things are uh, offered to others and there are more affordances for white people um, than than there are for people of color of black people so I don't want to miss the uh the idea of the hatred piece being taught and then i said yesterday when we talked about this and i'm gonna say it again um the idea the way that she presented the information in a let's talk about it type of fashion in my 
mind, um, from my perspective, if you want to talk about something as sensitive as race and um, killing black people and Black Tuesday and all this kind of stuff, then we have to be willing, like Canvas style, to come to the table and literally talk about the problem, mm-hmm. which is, um, I mean, there are a lot of problems, obviously, but um, being specific about what's going on is is the problem that, you know, George Floyd, this white police officer with an Asian police officer kind of blocking the way and not turning around to tell this man, okay, well, that's excessive force now. Or, I mean, he's already handcuffed. He's on the ground, you know, get off of him, whatever the case may be. Like, we're going to have to really not so much attack the issue, but look the issue square in the face and be willing to say, hey, this isn't okay. Or this is, uh, you know, whatever, say something, whatever your point of view is, but be willing to talk directly to the problem. Yeah. And, and I just want to throw this word out there because you explained it, but what we're talking about is systemic racism. Um, and that's, yeah, that's a huge issue that mm-hmm. um, first takes willing participants to have a conversation, but not just talk about it, is what are we going to do? You know, what are the actionable things? Um, we know voting. My my personal uh, thought of this, and I, and I shared this with you yesterday, was I would really love to see more people of color uh, move up, becoming qualified, and becoming uh, more politicians, getting involved in legislation, getting in, in mm-hmm. involved um, in the judicial system. I would, I would like to see more representation. And, you know, we say these things, and it's like, sure. gosh, how many times? Have, it's frustrating. Even as I say it, I'm like, ugh, I'm, I'm so sick mm-hmm. of myself even hearing that. But I do believe that it would be different if this was, you know, a reality. And, and because and we know it because you just said systemic racism. Um, there are differences. It is it is much harder. Mm-hmm. And you know when you were talking about um, even even yesterday, um, you were like, hey, let's first of all we just gotta say it. What the problem is? <laughs> stop killing mm-hmm. us. Yeah, stop killing us. That is the problem. Stop stop killing. And you don't you would like to think that that's not a lot to ask. Stop killing us, but. Um, just even even outside of that is having looking at the um, the differences the disparity of the two groups the differences in that mm-hmm. um, how we are how we are raised in our communities how we're brought up and um, I might even add like a little link um, to to systemic racism for people who kind of want to understand it a little bit more and how that works um, right. But it's steep, it's deep, and it's not something that we can really mm-hmm. unpack right now, but I would sure. urge people to really look into that and see how, like, why is it, like you said, Paula, you know, you're more, you're in more impacted um, by this situation than your friend. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe they, maybe the first time they've ever heard that, that word um, is you using it right now. Yeah. Yeah, and having that conversation with her, she said to me, um, 
I never, I never thought about how it affected you. I've been friends with her for 23 years. We knew each other when we were 10. And she's like, I never once thought about how it affected you. I never once thought about certain things like the situations I explained to her. She's like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Well, I don't go around talking about them. That doesn't mean it hasn't affected me. And maybe it's on Mm -hmm. me for not talking about it more, but it's, it's still there and people don't see it if it doesn't affect them. And that's a problem. You know, it, it should, even if it doesn't affect you personally, it should still upset you and it should still be a conversation to be had. So this brings me to the next thing is what is our level of responsibility in um, talking about it and sharing it? Because I watched, um, an Instagram video live with Amanda Seals speaking, and basically she's like, look, I am not the spokesperson for, and I'm paraphrasing, she didn't say this exactly, but it was like, I'm not the spokesperson for all Black people and all things Black, and so if you want to know something, uh, in the words of Zakia, Googleisha is mm-hmm. is available, you know, um, and that's the same way that we're taught, by the way, we are taught about the Holocaust. Um, yeah. The same respect, you need to learn about um, the the issues of African Americans in this country. Um, just turn on the news. And um, I, when I heard when I heard the statement, I was like, dang, I get it, but ugh, that sounds real raw. And, I, and, and this is why, it's because if my friend comes to me and they're like, hey, Heather, um, what can I read? What can I find out about this movement so that I can better understand how you feel? I can't imagine my response being like, uh, you better figure it out. And I don't even know why you don't already know this. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so what is our level of responsibility in informing our counterparts, uh, which I stabbed a bad word because it's not really a counterpart, but um, those people that are around us that want to be informed. And well, I think I think a, a big part of it is their intention. If they're coming to you with the intent to genuinely learn and genuinely understand then in my opinion it's our responsibility to be calm and respectful and teach and really teach and provide them with what they're asking for and if they're doing it just to you know say like hey do you have a book I can read about this like I'm not that inclined to hold your hand through it you know if you're just doing this to say oh sure I read a book then Mm-hmm. it's different you know what I mean like yeah. I, I think it really depends on that person's heart and intention yeah yeah what do you think that um I agree with what uh Paula said like both both sides of the coin as far as you know okay I think it would be good if um someone approached and wanted to know this information um, and maybe they're coming to you and it's because this is your experience or what have you or you're knowledgeable, whatever, that you'll be able to offer something. 
But at the same time, I also understand um, the example of Amanda Seals being used in the sense of, well, I am not the spokesperson for everyone black. And not only that, but um, you have other resources available to you so that maybe when you come to me, it could be more so a conversation of, well, I saw this or I read this. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think about this or does this affect you like this? Because um, even as we're talking about it, something that I am aware of, but at the same time have never given much thought to is the reality that um, white people may very well not know how to talk about it either. That mm-hmm. That is most likely uh, an entire thing because it's just recently been a uh, an issue of like the see something, say something, or, uh, you know, you're, it's not enough to be, um, a, you know, against racism in the sense of I don't support it, but now you need to be anti-racist. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Mm-hmm. This is the action that you should be taking against this versus just being aware and saying, I'm not racist or I don't uh, support that point of view or what have you. Right. When it comes down to it, if we're going to be the human race and, you know, the whole saying, if America sneezes, the world catches a cold. Well, when it comes to that um, that situation, as far as racism is concerned, one of the major things about the slavery here in America, not that it didn't exist other places in the world, was that the brutality of it, the viciousness of it, um, how it was like from going from, okay, well, now you're free, but we have at that point in time made it so that no, you can't eat, no, you can't work, no, you can't, you can't exist apart from needing, you know, these people either to provide something for you or to at least allow you to be in a space where they are not um, impacting it to the point where there's a cross burning on your lawn or your property is burned down or whatever the case may be. So I think, you know, being able to converse with each other and say, hey, um, you know, this is my experience and this is how it affected me and, and this is what caused me to look at this differently. Because again, I, I believe that a lot of this is taught. And it's clearly not an outright thing present day, but in the past it was. So you still have people that exist today that are the fruit of that kind of thought process. And then like one day something major happens and it's just, boom, it switches. Now, you know, there's the hive mind, okay, well, that's not okay and so on and so forth. But it was never okay. Right. Well, and you bring up something which is so funny because I literally just wrote this in my notes is – we can't speak about this and not discuss the generational difference mm-hmm. uh, between our grandparents, our parents, and now us, and how mm-hmm. that has a huge impact on what we're talking about and the response. The response sure. we can't deny while we're living in this um, this technology age where you know people are you know keyboard thugs and activists. Um, liking and sharing is the way of protesting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there's this idea of being like, well, what? I mean, this is my, I, I, I shared it. I liked it. I made a video about mm-hmm. it. You know, this is yeah. 
it's a new age. And then you have, because we're all 30-something, right, on, on the line. And so we're all millennials. I'm 25. Okay. I'm kidding. Still a millennial. But, you know, in our generation, I'd be interested to hear what, you know, outside of the, the one or two friends that you said, I mean, I bet we can all agree that a lot of people that we see that are millennials, we've not experienced the the level of oppression and I don't what's the word um, I just throw up it like the civil rights movement, right? Not our generation, um, segregation. Not our generation. Our parents and our parents' parents went through that, and so now you're in this age where things are. Um, disguised a little bit more um a lot more a lot more right yeah. but still still oppression and still racism but disguised mm-hmm. right and so here we have us coming up and we did not come up in a time of martin luther king we did not come up in a time of malcolm x and angela davis and so i feel like we're coming into this age where we have to figure out how is it that we want our voices and our active activism presented um, because we are, we, it's us. There's nobody else. It's us. We, it's, we have to say something. We have to do something. And if this is the reason why I felt so compelled to say, Heather, don't, I'm not going to respond to your post, but this is how we get our voice out there. This, we have to say something. And I'm making it my point to get involved with more groups to start educating people to say, hey, this is how I, I get that you're angry. This is how you direct that anger. Join this cause with me. You know, but I feel like we have to address the generational issue of, of, of these people, these kids out here um, and young adults out here that had no idea um, mm-hmm. what to do. And, mm-hmm. and then you have on the opposite side of the people who say, I think, and I feel like Paula and, and Zach, you were getting to this, but people say, I mean, I didn't own slaves. I, mean, I didn't do anything. Yeah. I'm not a racist. I have black friends. Mm-hmm. And they say that in sincerity, and I'm not, that's not me trying to read. No, right. right. Absolutely, which is the issue. Because, again, you know, um, like I was saying earlier, it's not enough to say I'm not a racist. Well, the reality is you probably know someone who is. It's not even a probably. Like, you, you know someone who is. And that, that just, it's like a frustrating concept when I think of um, how it's like, well, sure, you're not a racist. But even in you saying that, it's more so to stick up for you. It's not to stick up for what is actually happening. What you're trying to do is um, say, well, you know what? I didn't have my hands in that. So don't bring that to me in the sense of making this my problem. The problem with that is it is your problem because you exist here. And when I say here, I'm not even talking, you know, America. I mean, you're a human being. So when we see... um, the videos of these killings and things like that it's it's like the idea of well don't don't label me that but then you share 
um, and just bringing it back to, you know, the social media piece of it, you may share it or you make a comment on it and your comment could literally be, well, I'm not a racist and this is messed up. But I think what would be more helpful in a time like this is not so much people trying to remove blame from them, because I feel like that's a level of guilt that isn't being dealt with. But it's more so, again, not knowing what to do, what should I do? And, you know, the whole Amanda Seals thing is the person asking her or whatever. Again, I understand you not being the token black person. I know that's a thing. But again, like Paula said, the sincerity or the intent behind what you are requesting from me in this time. Is it so that, again, you can say, well, this is my effort, you know, or is it that you are sincere in the fact that this is not who you are, and not only that, but you don't know what to do, and in trying to do something, you have gone to the source of the pain and the oppression to try to figure out how can I become an ally, because me doing nothing doesn't sit well with me either. Mm -hmm. Right. Do you have anything to add to that, Paula? So kind of still on topic with this. I'm I'm struggling with one thing. I'm struggling with people and we touched on it a little bit, not posting but still agreeing. And there's several caveats there. I understand social media, each person has their own use for it and has their own intent for it. And some people don't post anything at all. I don't expect to see anything from them. It is what it is. But mm-hmm. if you're posting your dinner and your workouts and your mm-hmm. selfies, mm-hmm. I, it, it really, really bothers me. Like, you can take the time to post those things but not say one word about what's happening. It just, right. I, I'm, I'm sure there are, I don't want to say excuses. I'm sure there are reasons behind it, but... Right. It just doesn't, I, I have a really hard time understanding that. So it's funny, literally, I, I, that kind of just ushers into the next thing is there's this idea that some people feel that, and, and tell me what you think, by bringing up the issue of racism, um, black and white, a, there are many thoughts that, well, you're just causing more divide by bringing up black and white, because we're all a part of the human race, and that's the only race, and there is no black, and there is no white. And so then you have this idea where I'm just going to keep living as if there is nothing happening. I'm just going to go about my day and spread love. And and that sounds great in theory, if it truly were the case. Right. Right. In, right. A, in a fucking magical unicorn world, that would be great. <laughs> but it, that's not how it is. And there is black and white and there is division. And if mm-hmm. someone truly believes I don't see color, I only see people for who they are, then speak up and say that, you know, right. like, the staying silent is what's killing me. Because if you are an ally of any kind, use your words and spread that. And if you don't want there to be division, use your words and spread that. Like, I just don't understand that concept at all. I, I definitely, and I, I, so I'm probably going to make a lot of people mad by saying this. What? (laughs) I can't help. (laughs) Yeah. I can't help 
but think about how much has been taught about the Holocaust. So much so that I can't even step foot in there without crying immediately. I I mean, it is just ridiculous. The movies and the, just everything, the history keeping of it, the record keeping of it all, the videos of it all. And it's just, I mean, even people provide that as an example. And and I say all of this to say is that there is a, there's a saying first that came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came uh-huh. for the trade unionist, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. And reading that almost makes me want to cry a little bit again because it speaks to the issue with what we're going through right now where people – I get it. You want to either distance yourself because it's stressful. It's hard to look at the issue of what's going on. But if nobody ever says anything, when it comes to the oppression and the discrimination of you, who will stand up for you? This Uh is relating to the Holocaust, but, and this has been taught and beat into us. To, like literally, I can. I gotta close it because I, I can't. Um, why don't we get that same emotional response from people? Yeah, I, I think you would ask anyone. The majority of people you mention the Holocaust, and the tone changes. Yes, mm-hmm. it's disgusting and and a repulsive thing that happened in history. Yet here we are with something just as disgusting and repulsive. And there are so many people out there that are like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. I don't, it, I don't get it. Right. Right. I, it's just so funny that that really just kind of put me in this space just now. That's another problem. It then, it, it still then com- makes us um, compare even pains oh well you're not going Mm -hmm. through that we are we are when I can turn on the news every single day and see some level of oppression some level of abuse and it goes back to what you were saying Zach you're like well I mean we can talk about you know equality when we all are equal we can Right. We can talk about being the same, all a part of the human race, when we act like we're all a part of the human race. Yes. But we're not there. Unfortunately, in 2020, the year of our Lord, we are not there. We are mm-hmm. not. We're not. There. And I don't feel like we as a generation that is coming up now can just simply rest on, well, I didn't do it to you. I'm not a part of the police force. I don't shoot me. It's not my fault. We can't rest on that. We got to get right. involved. We have to do something. And the problem, and, and, this is, and this is my, you know, issue, that's going to keep hitting home, is no one's actually saying, hey, this is how you help. This is how you get involved. It is more than just a hashtag movement. Mm-hmm. It is more than you just pushing donate. Get up, get right. out, and go and do something. 
actively in your community, outside of your community. Get from in front of the TV. Yep. Stop getting from behind your, your, your computer screens and go out and do something. Black, white, orange, purple, whatever, whatever, whatever color you are, because that issue, like the issue that we're talking about outside of human race, like this is evil. This is just pure evil. And evil yeah. is, it goes far beyond color and everybody. Like you said, I think Paula, you said this, like you should want to stop that just because it is bad. It, yeah. Regardless of the color of your skin, it's just bad. And then. I said on that. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I just want to say this too. When I consider uh, the Holocaust and things like that, um, an entire country, multiple people, you know, uh, countries or whatnot, there was an entire war about this this particular topic, right? There was. It went so far as to become an international situation where. We have to do something. Yeah. It was not a question of what are we going to do. It was a question of this has to stop to the point that if we don't do something, that will be the bigger problem, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. when um, Paul said, you know, the tone changes, I'm like, is it because Black people were considered a source of um, income and as far as a workforce? type of situation, like, what was that? Are we looking at um, Jewish people as being less, um, not less helpful, but, because um, that, that really runs deep, like, less valuable in the sense of what they can do for that particular region that they were in, like, are, are what you is saying, it about it? Go ahead. Are you asking, like, why the level of outrage versus from the Jews versus the um, versus the African community, the African American community? Like, is is yeah, uh, yeah. Because I mean, you have to go and sit and literally put a sign up that says "Stop killing us." You know, yeah. literally, Black Lives Matter, and then someone will come behind and say, "Well, all lives matter." Well, that's a duh type of thing. But the situation is not calling for us to say all lives matter because all lives are not being impacted the way that these lives are. And mm-hmm. because I'm black, I'm like, well, maybe, you know, that's an obvious thing to me, but, you know, not so much to everybody else. But when it came to stopping that situation over there, the world came together and was like, okay, Hitler, yeah. this regime, it's over, okay? Right. Well, isn't that, it's, it's interesting that you said the world came together because I've, we're kind of seeing this now, right? Um, yes. The world, yes. We are, we are pro- interesting enough it didn't happen before this point. However, uh, sure. okay. Um, we're thankful it's happening now, right? We're, right. We're coming together now, and I want to just, because I, I don't feel like we can talk about this without not talking about it. The mm-hmm. the um the riots and the looters. Mm-hmm. Sure. What are your thoughts on that as far as in helping, not helping? Do we care about you know, when we talk about getting involved, do we care about the level of involvement and how they get involved? 
as long as they're just out there. You know, like, what do we, what do you feel about that? Oh, goodness. Yeah, this is a tricky one. <laughs> I'll, I'll um, start. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I was about to say, I'll okay. say it. Uh, I'll, go ahead. I am not pro-looting. I am not pro-looting. Uh, and I wouldn't care if it was a mom and pop store or the Gucci store at the Linux mall. No. And the reason being is because it really puts a damper on the intention of this this movement, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yep. Like, yep. when well, we think... It, when we look in history of, uh, say, the L.A. riots, you don't hear the crime that was committed first. What you know of is the L.A. riots. Like, that's the thing. The D.C. riots, that's the thing. But it's not – it has overshadowed the what cause, the right. intention of the protest was. Right. And granted, riots are not so much the thing that gets stuff done. I think that riots are a um, – a calculated, um, like a programmable type of response in, under certain conditions. Like humans are predictable. So put the certain ingredients in the pot, you're going to get a cake, right? Right. So I'm like, what happens after those riots? You know, yeah. um, well, there's gentrification. There's, there, I mean, you know, and that's just for lack of better terms of what is going on. There's the redlining system. There's all this kind of stuff that happens in response to that. But like we started off saying, well, you know, the mayor, the governor, you know, the chief of police, these systems are still in place. And not only that, but you're also giving these systems a reason to come out and elicit such force against the people. Not right. okay. Yeah. Paula, what do you say? So I understand the intentions behind riots. What I don't agree with is protesting an innocent man's life being taken by harming and killing other innocent people. Mm-hmm. And that includes those peaceful protesters who are getting hurt in the meantime because they're mm-hmm. they're right near these these harmful rioters and right. the police have to do something about them so then the peaceful protesters get taken down too. I think that's so awful yeah yes. it also includes the the police officers who are doing their jobs correctly and who mm-hmm. are supporting the community right it is i will always back good police i will always back good police because there's saying all police are bad is just as bad as saying all black people are bad you you cannot group people Right. Based on one factor, it or that all white it people are doesn't racist. make any sense. Right. Exactly. Uh-huh. There's just, you know, and and I think a lot of that is happening right now, and mm-hmm. it, it that's not the solution. That is not the way to come out of this. Like, there's got to be people understanding and seeing what's happening, and people being able to make the distinction between good and bad. Absolutely. So. My personal view is rather than because I see the riots from the perspective of what I'm seeing on social media, and it's interesting. And and I was talking to Zach about this. I said rather than look at it and immediately form an opinion, even if the the looters, I don't agree with looting. This, however, this is what I will say to it. What we're seeing 
is an issue. It's a part of a bigger issue here because when you see these looters on the TV, I saw a picture of a boy with two bottles of laundry detergent, one boy with some Fruit Loops, and the caption was, man, they sure do look broken up about the George Floyd incident. Oh, wow. And I, and I thought to myself, well, let's not form an opinion of the picture. Observe. What do, we, what do we observe in the picture? What do you observe by these looters? I see angry people. I see mm-hmm. people who are opportunists. I see people yeah. who are um, in need of laundry detergent and food. Right. Those are necessities. And so yeah. what is so like, yeah, looting, bad. Killing, harming, chaos, bad. But why? We we are coming off a pandemic where I just spoke to someone after 10 weeks just got unemployment. Like, they're just getting them. So not only are we sick, we are broke, we have no money, we need Mm -hmm. food. And then you have that group who is taking advantage of this. And they're they're destroying their own cities, which is a whole nother topic, right? Oh mm-hmm. my God, the, the the devastation that's coming from this, like some cities, if they ever recover, right? It's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. I mean, I'm speaking from someone who's I'm from Cleveland, and to hear that downtown Tower City area is being destroyed, I think, oh my gosh, are y'all crazy? That's our only money for tourism, right? For the economy, and you're destroying it. How do you ever yeah. think, oh gosh, it's a whole other topic. And so again, you know, for me, when we talk about looting, just coming from blank canvas, uh, thinking is, no, I don't agree with it, but I do got to consider what's the underlying issues behind mm-hmm. even this? Because, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's more than you just busting out a window. What you angry about? Right. And why do you feel like this is all you can do in response to what you're angry about? That's all we have for today. Thanks so much for listening in. I hope to see you on the next episode where we're going to be continuing this discussion. Bye.